Excuses just seem to become natural for us. Excuses. But the Bible says, here in the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 22, even Moses put up excuses. The lawgiver. Welcome to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Join him this morning as he talks about excuses in the book of Luke, chapter 14. You can follow Crossroads Ministries on Facebook and visit our website, crossroadsministries.webador.com, for all of our platforms, monthly devotionals, and more. This is the Welcome of Faith podcast, the Crossroad Ministries. This is the Reverend Mark Hawks. Thank you so much for joining us here today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the 14th chapter of the book of St. Luke, and I'd like to begin reading verse 16, and it's Christ speaking. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray that you have me excused. Verse 19, And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Verse 20, And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as you have commanded, and yet there is still room. Verse 23, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. I'd like to preach just for a few minutes on the subject of excuses. (laughs) Excuses. You know, we look here in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 11, when God called Moses. You'll find here in this chapter that Moses offered up five excuses. First, he said, I don't have the ability. Number two, he said, I don't know what to say. Number three, he said, I don't have the authority. Number four, he said, I'm not a good speaker. Number five, he said, Lord, can't you send somebody else? Excuses just seem to become natural for us. Excuses. But the Bible says, here in the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 22, even Moses put up excuses, the lawgiver. The Bible says in Acts, chapter 7, verse 22, And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mighty in words and in deeds. He went to the Egyptian university. Yeah, he spent 40 years in the wilderness, yes. But he was educated and raised as a Egyptian. And he was learned in all their ways in words. He was mighty in word and in deeds. So here he puts up an excuse and says, Lord, I don't have the ability. Lord, I don't know what to say. And then he asked God, he asked God, he said here in the third chapter in the 14th verse, he says, Lord, whom should I say had sent me? And God said, I am that I am has sent you. You tell them that. I am that I am. He made excuses. I don't have the authority. I don't know how to speak. Yes, he did. Send someone else. No, the Lord chose Moses. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25, uh, Paul, if he is the writer of Hebrews, he says right here, he exhorts us and says this to us in the New Testament, not forsaken, not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together so much more as we see the day approaching. 
In Romans chapter 1 verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We come up with all kinds of excuses to explain away everything. The book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. This is what really offers up a lot of excuses for us. Jeremiah said in 17 verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? I, the Lord, know and try the range of the heart. The Lord knows our hearts. We put up excuses, and they're nothing more than just excuses. The Lord said, Open thy mouth, and I will fill it. What shall I say? He said, Say that I am that I am has sent you. There was a popular song, gospel song, back in the, I think it might have been in the late 80s or early 90s, but the Kingsman Quartet, and it really hit home for a lot of us Christians, but it spoke the truth. It kind of poked fun at us, but, you know, many times parodies or things like that, this was a gospel song, and very good, it hit home. It spoke the truth about the nature of how many people are, and it was called Excuses, Excuses. The devil, he will supply them if from church you will stay away. When people come to know the Lord, <laughs> the devil always offers excuses. So to keep them away from church, he offers them excuses. It goes on. I'm trying to read some of it off here. It says, in the summer, it's too hot. In the winter, it's too cold. In the springtime, when the weather is just right, <laughs> you've got somewhere else to go. Well, it's up to the mountains or over to the beach or just stay home and relax and hope that some of the kinfolks will start dropping in. Well, it's headache Sunday morning and a backache Sunday night. By Monday morning, you're feeling quite all right. Excuses. When you don't go to church and you're voting to close it. We don't need any help in closing churches. It looks like COVID-19's done a pretty good job of that. We need an excuse to open the church up. When you don't go to church and you can go to church, you have the ability to go to church. When you're healthy and you have the means to go to church, I'm not talking about people who are hindered by health or by transportation or things of that nature. I understand that. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who are Christians who get up on Sunday morning and they choose not to go to church. They choose not to go to the house of God. They choose on Sunday morning to sleep in and not to go to the house of God. When you don't go to church, you're voting to close it. Suppose every church in the country was shut down. Suppose the government issued a an order that we, we no longer have the right to go and worship. What would you do? Would you miss it? When you don't go to church, you vote to close it. Then I hear another excuse. A lot of people say that church ain't what it used to be. Well, it never it never was what it used to be because it was only like that. That was just your perception of it. The church can be everything you want it to be if you'll participate in it. If you'll have a positive attitude and find you a church that preaches the word of God, and there are many of them throughout the land, they might be less than they're worth 30 years ago. I'll grant you that. I'm not advocating getting up and going to a church and driving 100 miles or an hour and a half or a half hour to somewhere that doesn't preach the word of God. I'm not advocating going to a church that doesn't preach the Bible, the Word of God. I'm talking about finding a church on Sunday morning and attending that church and forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together. For Christ said, but two or three are gathered in my name, there will I be found in the midst of them. The song goes on and says, but I preacher, he must be the world's most stuck up man. One of the verses in the Kingsman Excuses song says, Let's see, the sermons sometimes are too long, and sometimes they're too short. He ought to preach the word with dignity instead of stomp and snort. What? Our preacher must be the world's most stuck-up man. Well, the other day the lady in the church told me he didn't even shake my hand. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, For do I now persuade men of God? 
or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, the apostle Paul writes and says, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And the only way that you and I can be perfect is to be born again and to be in Christ Jesus. People say that that they're looking for the perfect church. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as a perfect church. There is no such thing as a perfect pastor. There is no such thing as a perfect minister. There are no such thing as perfect saints. We're perfect, made perfect in Christ Jesus. And if you're looking for the perfect church, when you get there, it won't be perfect anymore. Turn with me here to the book of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, verse 30. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by and cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, Lord, thou son of David. Verse 31. And the multitude rebuked them. And notice this. As Jesus came through here, there were two blind men sitting by the wayside. And they heard that Christ was coming by. And they began to cry out and said, Lord, have mercy upon us, thou son of David. Have mercy upon us. Verse 31, and the multitude rebuked the two blind men because that they should hold their peace. Oh, they were told to hold their peace and be quiet. They cried out the more, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Here's two men that had a very good excuse not to do anything. Oh, yeah, they wanted to be healed. They wanted to be able to see. Yes, that's true. But they didn't get quiet. They didn't use an excuse. We're blind. We're poor blind men. That's all we are, just like blind mice. We don't have. We can't see nothing. All we can do is hear. But they heard a crowd, and they knew that Christ was coming through. And they were motivated, and they began to, and the only thing they could do was cry and make noise. The only thing they could do was cry. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon us. The multitude, if thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do wrong. Most of the time, the majority is wrong. And many times, the minority is right. That's not always the rule, but many times that is the case. They rebuked them, said, told them to be quiet. Keep in your place. This is the one opportunity. They were not going to put up excuses. They were going to be motivated. They were going to reach out to Christ. The multitude told them to be quiet. Hold their peace. But they just made even more noise. They cried out even the more. Have mercy upon us, Lord Jesus, our son of David. Finally, they got his attention. The luckiest day of their life, the most blessed day of their life. It's the day that Christ turned and paid attention to them. Verse 32, And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? Verse 33, They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be open. And so Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. The reason why you get up on Sunday morning and you are, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to people who are able-bodied, I'm talking to people who have means and are not hindered by health or restrictions or transportation. I'm talking about people who say they love Christ and they refuse to go to church. I'm talking to you. You're lazy. I'm talking to you. You've lost your first love. I'm talking to you. If two blind men can get the attention of Christ and be motivated to be moved. Oh, yeah, they want to receive their sight. That's true. And I was saying to you that you've lost your sight and you've lost your hearing. That you're neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm. You need to stir up the gift of God that is in thee by way of remembrance. Jesus took away all of the excuses of the Pharisees and the scribes and the hypocrites when he walked upon this earth. You say, well, now what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. In St. Matthew chapter 12, St. Matthew chapter 12, St. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. And then was brought unto him 
Christ, one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him, insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? And when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom that is divided against itself shall be brought into desolation. And in every city or house that is divided, it cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall he then his kingdom stand? But if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else how can you enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind, except you first bind the strong man? Then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathers not with me scatters abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner, here it comes, here it comes, wherefore I say unto you, that all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Verse 32, But whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, and it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now here's what happened. Go back to verse 22. And they brought unto him one that was possessed with the devil, blind and dumb. And Jesus healed him, and the blind and the dumb both spoke and saw. Verse 22. Verse 23. And all the people were amazed. All the people were amazed. Now, here is always the typical reaction of organized religion in the Pharisees. Verse 24. And when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow catches out devils, but by the bills above, the prince of the devils. Now here, here is what Jesus said they are doing. They said that what he did was done by the finger of the devil, by the prince of the devil, Beelzebub. They contributed what Christ was doing, the miracle that he was doing, the deliverance that he was doing, the miracle that he had performed in front of them. They contributed it to the work of the devil. And Jesus said, know you this, any word you speak against me, it shall be forgiven you. But if you speak against, they were speaking against the Holy Ghost. They were contributing the miracle that Christ did to the work of the devil. He said, you're a blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. And that shall not be forgiven in this world, neither in the world to come. In other words, they are without excuse. He took away their excuses. Luke chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said, Luke chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, you are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That which is highly esteemed in the sight of men is an abomination in the sight of God. That's what Jesus said. All unrighteousness is sin. Men esteem it. Men hold it up. Men celebrate sin. You can celebrate homosexuality. You can celebrate adultery. You can celebrate fornication. You can celebrate bearing false witness. You can celebrate evil. You can celebrate immorality. You can celebrate deception and lying and sowing discord among the brethren. You can celebrate all kinds of sin, but all unrighteousness is sin. And Christ said that which is highly esteemed in the sight of men has the approval of men is an abomination in the sight of God. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 6 verse 17, Let no man trouble me, for I burn my body. The marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. St. John chapter 9, verse 35. After Jesus had already opened up the eyes of the blind man in St. John chapter 9. Verse 35. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out. They cast him out after Jesus healed him. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Doest thou believe on the Son of God? Verse 36. And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Verse 37. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him. Yeah, he's seen him now. Because Jesus opened up his eyes. He was no longer blind. 
Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee right now. Verse 38. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Verse 39. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into the world, that they which see might not see. Notice this. For judgment I came into the world, that they which see might not see, and they which see might be made blind. Verse 40. And some of the Pharisees overheard Jesus say this. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words, and saith unto him, Are we blind also? Well, I'm glad they asked, because Jesus has got an answer. Verse 41. And Jesus said unto them, If you were see if you were blind, if you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say you see, we see, but your sin remaineth. Jesus took away their excuse. Jesus took away their excuses. They didn't have an excuse any longer. He took away their excuses. St. John chapter 15, verse 22. If I had not come, the words of Christ, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. I don't know how many of you out there have ever heard of the Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's a very popular book. I think it was uh, published in 1563, a long time ago. I've been doing a little bit of reading up on it just a little bit, but just uh, some of the ways in which Christians were killed and tortured. Some of the Christians were stoned to death. They were stoned. They were grilled. They were pressed to death. They were clubbed to death. They were beheaded. They were set on fire. The Lord has left us with absolutely all the provisions and has equipped every one of us to follow him and to walk with him. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one of us, every one, may receive the things done in his body, according to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. So I thank you so much for joining us here today. And I close with these words from the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 23. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Walking by Faith podcast with Rev. Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Join us next Sunday, October the 17th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new message. Listeners may follow Crossroads Ministries on Facebook for all the latest updates. If you would like to partner with Crossroads Ministries and Walking by Faith, consider donating through our Anchor or Spotify platforms. If you have a prayer request, you may message us via the Facebook Messenger app and all requests are kept private. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. We hope that this message has touched your hearts and your homes this Sunday.